Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Tuesday, July 12th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land, not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Balak. Numbers 23, 1-15 to Then Balaam said to King Balak, Build me seven altars here, and prepare seven young bulls and seven rams for me to sacrifice. Balak followed his instructions, and the two of them sacrificed a young bull and a ram on each altar. Then Balaam said to Balak, Stand here by your burnt offerings, and I will go to see if the Lord will respond to me. Then I will tell you whatever he reveals to me. So Balaam went alone to the top of a bare hill, and God met him there. Balaam said to him, I have prepared seven altars and have sacrificed a young bull and a ram on each altar. The Lord gave Balaam a message for King Balak. Then he said, Go back to Balak and give him my message. So Balaam returned and found the king standing beside his burnt offerings with all the officials of Moab. This was the message Balaam delivered. Balak summoned me to come from Aram. The king of Moab brought me from the eastern hills. Come, he said, curse Jacob for me. Come and announce Israel's doom. But how can I curse those whom God has not cursed? How can I condemn those whom the Lord has not condemned? 
I see them from the clifftops. I watch them from the hills. I see a people who live by themselves, set apart from other nations. Who can count Jacob's descendants as numerous as dust? Who can count even a fourth of Israel's people? Let me die like the righteous. Let my life end like theirs. Then King Balak demanded of Balaam, What have you done to me? I brought you to curse my enemies. Instead, you have blessed them. But Balaam replied, I will speak only the message that the Lord puts in my mouth. Then King Balak told him, Come with me to another place. There you will see another part of the nation of Israel, but not all of them. Curse at least that many. So Balak took Balaam to the plateau of Zophim on Pisgah Peak. He built seven altars there and offered a young bull and a ram on each altar. Then Balaam said to the king, Stand here by your burnt offerings while I go over there to meet the Lord. First Chronicles 12, 19-14, 17 Some men from Manasseh defected from the Israelite army and joined David when he set out with the Philistines to fight against Saul. But, as it turned out, the Philistine rulers refused to let David and his men go with them. After much discussion, they sent them back, for they said, It will cost us our heads if David switches loyalties to Saul and turns against us. Here is a list of the men from Manasseh who defected to David as he was returning to Ziglag. Adna, Jozabad, Jediel, Michael, Jozabad, Elihu, and Zilathai. Each commanded 1,000 troops from the tribe of Manasseh. They helped David chase down bands of raiders, for they were all brave and able warriors who became commanders in his army. Day after day, more men joined David until he had a great army, like the army of God. These are the numbers of armed warriors who joined David at Hebron. They were all eager to see David become king instead of Saul, just as the Lord had promised. From the tribe of Judah there were 6,800 warriors armed with shields and spears. From the tribe of Simeon there were 7,100 brave warriors. From the tribe of Levi there were 4,600 warriors. This included Jehoiada, leader of the family of Aaron, who had 3,700 under his command. This also included Zadok, a brave young warrior with 22 members of his family who were all officers. From the tribe of Benjamin, Saul's relatives, there were 3,000 warriors. Most of the men from Benjamin had remained loyal to Saul until this time. From the tribe of Ephraim, there were 20,800 brave warriors, each highly respected in his own clan. From the half-tribe of Manasseh, west of the Jordan, 18,000 men were designated by name to help David become king. From the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives. All these men understood the signs of the times and knew the best course for Israel to take. From the tribe of Zebulun, there were 50,000 skilled warriors. They were fully armed and prepared for battle and completely loyal to David. From the tribe of Naphtali, there were 1,000 officers and 37,000 warriors armed with shields and spears. From the tribe of Dan, there were 28,600 warriors all prepared for battle. From the tribe of Asher, there were 40,000 trained warriors all prepared for battle. 
From the east side of the Jordan River, where the tribe of Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh lived, there were 120,000 troops armed with every kind of weapon. All these men came in battle array to Hebron with the single purpose of making David the king over all Israel. In fact, everyone in Israel agreed that David should be their king. They feasted and drank with David for three days, for preparations had been made by their relatives for their arrival. And people from as far away as Issachar, Zebulun, and Naphtali brought food on donkeys, camels, mules, and oxen. Vast supplies of flour, fig cakes, clusters of raisins, wine, olive oil, cattle, sheep, and goats were brought to the celebration. There was great joy throughout the land of Israel. David consulted with all his officials, including the generals and captains of his army. Then he addressed the entire assembly of Israel as follows. If you approve, and if it is the will of the Lord our God, let us send messages to all the Israelites throughout the land, including the priests and Levites in their towns and pasture lands. Let us invite them to come and join us. It is time to bring back the ark of our God, for we neglected it during the reign of Saul. The whole assembly agreed to this, for the people could see it was the right thing to do. So David summoned all Israel from the Shihor brook of Egypt in the south all the way to the town of Lebo Hamath in the north to join in bringing the ark of God from Kiriath-Jerim. Then David and all Israel went to Bala of Judah, also called Kiriath-Jerim, to bring back the ark of God which bears the name of the Lord who is enthroned between the cherubim. They placed the ark of God on a new cart and brought it from Abinadab's house. Uzzah and Ohio were guiding the cart. David and all Israel were celebrating before God with all their might, singing songs and playing all kinds of musical instruments, lyres, harps, tambourines, cymbals, and trumpets. But when they arrived at the threshing floor of Nacon, the oxen stumbled, and Uzzah reached out with his hand to steady the ark. Then the Lord's anger was aroused against Uzzah, and he struck him dead, because he had laid his hand on the ark. So Uzzah died there, in the presence of God. David was angry because the Lord's anger had burst out against Uzzah. He named that place Perez Uzzah, which means to burst out against Uzzah, as it is still called today. David was now afraid of God, and he asked, How can I ever bring the ark of God back into my care? So David did not move the ark into the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom of Gath. The ark of God remained there in Obed-Edom's house for three months, and the Lord blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he owned. Then King Hiram of Tyre sent messengers to David, along with cedar timber and stonemasons and carpenters, to build him a palace. And David realized that the Lord had confirmed him as king over Israel and had greatly blessed his kingdom for the sake of his people, Israel. Then David married more wives in Jerusalem, and they had more sons and daughters. These are the names of David's sons who were born in Jerusalem, Shammua, Shobab, Nathan, Solomon, Ibhar, Elishua, Elpelet, Noga, Nepheg, Japhia, Elishama, Eliada, and Eliphelet. 
When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel, they mobilized all their forces to capture him. But David was told they were coming, so he marched out to meet them. The Philistines arrived and made a raid in the valley of Rephaim. So David asked God, Should I go out to fight the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? The Lord replied, Yes, go ahead. I will hand them over to you. So David and his troops went up to Baal-perazim and defeated the Philistines there. God did it, David exclaimed. He used me to burst through my enemies like a raging flood. So they named that place Baal-perazim, which means the Lord who bursts through. The Philistines had abandoned their gods there, so David gave orders to burn them. But after a while the Philistines returned and raided the valley again. And once again David asked God what to do. Do not attack them straight on, God replied. Instead, circle around behind and attack them near the poplar trees. When you hear a sound like marching feet in the tops of the poplar trees, go out and attack. That will be the signal that God is moving ahead of you to strike down the Philistine army. So David did what God commanded, and they struck down the Philistine army all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. So David's fame spread everywhere, and the Lord caused all the nations to fear David. Romans 1, 1-17 This letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ, Yeshua, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The good news is about his son. In his earthly life he was born into King David's family line and he was shown to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Yeshua. Through Christ God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them so that they believe and obey him bringing glory to his name and you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Yeshua. I am writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be his own holy people. May God our Father and the Lord Yeshua give you grace and peace. Let me say first that I thank my God through Yeshua for all of you because your faith in him is being talked about all over the world. God knows how often I pray for you. Day and night I bring you and your needs in prayer to God, whom I serve with all my heart by spreading the good news about his Son. One of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you, for I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to visit you, but I was prevented until now. I want to work among you and see spiritual fruit, just as I have seen among other Gentiles. For I have a great sense of obligation to people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world, to the educated and the uneducated alike. So I am eager to come to you in Rome, too, to preach the good news. 
For I am not ashamed of this good news about Yeshua. It is the power of God at work, saying, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Psalm 9, 13-20 Lord, have mercy on me. See how my enemies torment me. Snatch me back from the jaws of death. Save me so I can praise you publicly at Jerusalem's gates, so I can rejoice that you have rescued me. The nations have fallen into the pit they dug for others. Their own feet have been caught in the trap they set. The Lord is known for his justice. The wicked are trapped by their own deeds. The wicked will go down to the grave. This is the fate of all the nations who ignore God. But the needy will not be ignored forever. The hopes of the poor will not always be crushed. Arise, O Lord, do not let mere mortals defy you. Judge the nations, make them tremble in fear, O Lord. Let the nations know they are merely human. Proverbs 19, 4 and 5 Wealth makes many friends, poverty drives them all away. A false witness will not go unpunished, for nor will a liar escape. The importance of obedience. We're going to look at that theme from today's reading from 1 Chronicles chapter 13. And in this chapter, we see that David has it in his heart to bring the Ark of the Covenant up to um, Jerusalem. And so they place the Ark of God on a cart and bring it from Abinadab's home. Uzzah and Ohio were guiding the cart. And David and all Israel were celebrating before the Lord with all their might, singing songs and playing all kinds of instruments. Verse 9. But when they arrived at the threshing floor of Nacon, the ox stumbled, and Uzzah reached out his hand to steady the ark. Then the Lord's anger was aroused against Uzzah, and he struck him dead, because he had laid his hand on the ark. So Uzzah died there in the presence of God. This may seem severe, it may seem very harsh, but there's an important principle here that we need to approach God in the manner and in the protocol that he has laid out for us. The importance of obedience. What was the correct way of transporting the ark? We need to go back to Exodus chapter 25. And in Exodus 25, verse 10, it is written, And they shall make an ark of acacia wood, two and a half cubits shall be its length, a cubit and a half its width, and a cubit and a half its height. And you shall overlay it with pure gold inside and out, you shall overlay it, and shall make on it a molding of gold all around. You shall cast four rings of gold for it, and put them in its four corners. Two rings shall be on one side, and two rings on the other side. And you shall make poles of acacia wood, and overlay them with gold. You shall put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark, that the ark may be carried by them. By who? By the Levites. The poles shall be in the rings of the ark, 
they shall not be taken from it. And you shall put the ark into the ark, the testimony which I will give you. Okay, so they were to be carried with poles that are inserted through the rings of the ark, and the Levites were to carry these poles. So David has had to learn a very hard lesson. His heart was to bring the ark into Jerusalem, but he was carrying it in the improper manner. And so there's a divine delay, and the ark is going to stay in someone's home for quite some time. David needs to do his homework and find out what is the right protocol in handling the ark, because it is very holy. It is set apart. Later on in First Chronicles 15, David says in chapter 15, verse 2, David said, No one may carry the ark of God but the Levites, for the Lord has chosen them to carry the ark of God and to minister before him forever. So he learned. He did his homework. He looked into the Torah to find out what is the right protocol. I am reminded of another incident that is similar to this. And again, it was for the same issue of approaching God in an improper, wrong, unholy manner. And in Leviticus chapter 10, verses 1 and 2, it, it is written, And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer, and put fire therein, and put incense thereon, and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. And there went out fire from the Lord, and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. So they offered strange fire, and they were devoured by fire. This is not the right way to approach the Father. We cannot approach Him casually or make it up and come up with our own protocol or our own routine. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the judge of the universe. He is most holy. He is the most high. He is set apart. We are to approach Him with reverence. We are to approach Him with the fear and the awe of the Lord, and with great love and with obedience, obedience to his protocols. The Levitical priesthood will one day be revived, and the Levitical priesthood, the service, the temple service, will happen again. There will be a third temple, and the Levitical priesthood will have temple service duties to do in that third temple. And so this needs to be something that we understand, and um, it's part of what's coming in the future. So we need to approach the Lord with reverence and in the right heart and follow his instructions. So if the Queen of England was going to come visit you, or you were going to go see her, You were invited to the palace in England, in London, and now you're going to come before the Queen of England. You wouldn't just wear a sweaty t-shirt and some jeans. You would put on a very nice outfit and take a shower and clean up 
And when you approach the queen and come into the royal chambers, um, if the protocol is that you curtsy or you bow in honor of her, then that's what you do. Well, we're not talking about the Queen of England. We're talking about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the importance of obedience. We don't get to choose and make it up as we go. We need to find out what is the right protocol and then follow it out of love and out of obedience. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>